Virgin Islands. So yeah. When your wife hears this, she is gonna bust out laughing. Because do you remember MySpace? I don't remember MySpace. Like, so remember MySpace? So you could have I've never had MySpace. Everybody had MySpace. But the reason that I played this because I remember your MySpace. But you could have a you could have a song. So when they yeah. went to your profile, and my song was the M-Trans version. It was this song. It was yes, but it was the M-Trans version. It was it was unbelievably awesome. Rod Stewart, MySpace. Uh, I really thought you'd bring me into Betty Davis eyes. Well, you know Betty Davis eyes was something that uh, I I really thought about. But you know uh, Jesse Knutson, you've been a uh, a friend of the Rump. For a long time, this is your first actual rump chat. You got to bail in a little bit during the NFR, but uh, a guy that coming from MySpace, <laughs> which will shout out to Tom, shout out to Tom, the first MySpace guy ever. Oh. And uh, when you okay, I never had MySpace, but I remember um, when I saw your MySpace, I was like, this is pretty cool. Like I thought it was badass, actually, because I've never seen anything like that where you could have a theme song. What went wrong with MySpace? MySpace was the tits. Well, you could have a theme song, and then you could order your friends. Like, you had a block of nine people, and then you could always put, like, you could put whoever you wanted, the top one, and then so on. So you'd go to other people's profile and be like, I made the top nine, or I'm number one. And So that was kind of like hearting, like when you heart a girl's picture on, um, you know, uh, On Insta, doing it for the gram. Insta. You know, all that stuff, you kind of want to get their attention. So MySpace was you put their profile picture in your block. In your block. Oh, yeah. Um, hold on one second here. Hold on one second. My my son is requesting. Oh, it's right there. It's he's, t- tiny all of 55. That's the passcode. He's trying to look up MySpace. <laughs> he's looking up MySpace even as we speak. Um, but our, our guest today, our guest... My guest, since Hambone's on vacay, we're actually going to check in with Hambone via uh, phone call. He's on a, a private yacht with a bunch of people floating through the Bridge- British Virgin Islands. I've never been to any islands, especially virgin ones. Hey, oh. And so, uh, yeah. So, but anyhow, uh, Jesse is um, a sound man in the PRCA. 
a uh, one of our directors that works for us. He is um, has fought bulls as a PRCA uh, contract personnel guy. He is announced in the PRCA. Um, you know, a lot of times we talk, and I'm sure you've heard because you've listened to every rum chat. We talk about the Swiss Army knives of rodeo, the people that can do it all, and that is Casey Harp, that is um, Jesse Knutson, that is uh, what's the oh who has Whiplash now? Who's a good friend of ours? I, I'm blanking. From Stephenville, Texas. Kenny Pettit. Kenny Pettit. Kenny Pettit is another. I think if you, you, you got to include Dusty Duba. Duba. Du, he's been around forever. Yeah, you can't outdo Duba. Except for uh, in River Falls, Duba was there. I was announcing he was working for Dad. And uh, I messed up during the bareback ride. I said something like, if you've enjoyed the barrel racing, give all the contestants a round of applause. And Duba's like, barrel racing? And I had no idea what he meant. And he's, I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you just said barrel racing. I said, no, I didn't. He's like, yeah, he did. I said, man, if you think it's easy, you come on up here. So Duba jumped on the horse, took my, you know, took my index cards and stuff. And you handed it over? After about three, he was begging for me to come back. I was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Me and Bronco, we're over there BS in the corner. Duba's like, no, please come back. It's a lot harder than what it looks like. And you've come from a humble start because we're actually in Abbeville uh, for the Abbeville Rodeo right now. And you're running music here, but you got your start in rodeo in Abbeville, Kansas. And I actually have talked to you about this. I want to get a, a Lyle Sankey rodeo reunion because for all y'all that don't know, Lyle Sankey put on uh, two rodeo schools a year in Abbeville, Kansas. The, um, the one that was in Thanksgiving weekend and Easter weekend. And more people than you could ever imagine have came through Abbeville, Kansas, as rough stock riders. Adriano Marias, mm-hmm. yeah. when he first came to the States, he'd come and stayed. All the kids used to stay at the schoolhouse in, in Abbeville, the old, the old schoolhouse. Um, Pete Carr started in Abbeville, Kansas. Um, Kirby Berry, who's Leighton and Cade Berry's dad, mm-hmm. started in Abbeville, Kansas. You used to come here and ride Bronx. Right here in Abbeville, Kansas. So, like, uh, to to kind of get this deal start off, I want you to talk about those those early days because I remember, uh, you know, since my grandpa Floyd was the stock contractor, my dad, like the the great the, like the glory days. I don't know if if they'll ever if Lyle Sankey's ever had a school like Abbeville, Kansas. But wow, what a cool thing that was! Oh yeah, it was it was amazing. It was we'd meet at the old schoolhouse. There was no beds, so you had you brought a sleeping roll and you slept on the floor, the classroom floor. All the classrooms were empty. Um, I came every year from '91 was my freshman year in high school. Um, came '91, '92, '93, '94 when I was in high school. Then when I went to Fort Scott, I'd come over '95 and '96 and just kind of help out. And Lyle would let me get on Bronx and Bulls. But after the second year I came here, my dad bought a couple cots and we just kept them at the school. And said, Easter weekend, if you're on this cot when we get here Thursday night, Friday morning, you're going to be on the floor. And our cots were always there for us. But, yeah, I wish that there was a way to find out because, it, you know, like, we didn't know it was Adriano when Adriano's here. Until he, we're like, when he's at the PBR and you're watching him on TV, you're like, oh, my God, that was the guy in Abbeville. And I just wish that we had a roster of everybody that was at that school in those years because – 
I think it would blow you away. I wish we could actually put together that roster because I was thinking about that. I told somebody the other day when when Adriano first came here, he landed in Wichita, Kansas, and he was he he knew what he was doing. He'd rode some bulls, but he was coming to tune up at the Lyle Sankey School, mm-hmm. and uh, so he flew into Wichita, and my grandpa Floyd went and picked him up. And being from Reno County, Kansas, and a town of one hundred and well, back then it was probably 102. It's about 95 now. But, you know, we'd never seen a Brazilian. <laughs> like in, We didn't know what it was. In his English, he had none. No, we didn't. Nobody knew anything. And I don't mean that, like, racially. Yeah. Like, but, but we didn't, you know, I mean, let's be honest. In rural America out here, you don't get a lot of diversity. Diversity is an old, old wooden ship, <laughs> uh, according to Ron Burgundy. But um, Adriano stayed with us. And I was like, tell my friends at school, I'm like, this guy speaks no English. They're like, oh, he's got to say something. I'm like, no, this, this some bitch, I mean, won't say a word. But he stayed here for like two weeks, maybe, maybe a week and a half, I don't remember, prior to the school. And then he went to the bull riding school. And that was a whole different school days. Because I remember, and you probably can too, in, this, in those days of the, the rodeo school, there would be like 50 bull riders oh yeah 50 bronx and like at least 50 it was almost 50 or 60 in each event oh it was crazy and i remember friday morning you checked in um you checked into the schoolhouse you know kathy lyle's wife and her entourage of other moms rodeo moms they check you in and then you'd walk you know you'd kind of go over equipment and then we'd all walk to the arena and you'd get on the buck machine and the spur out horse and all that stuff in the morning and in the afternoon, he'd always buck, but, like, when the bull riders bucked first, you know, the bronc riders were doing something, the bareback riders were doing something. And we didn't, like, the horse riders didn't buck at the same time because there was enough of us. Like you said, there was, I mean, shoot, probably at least, you know, at least 20, 20 horse riders in each event. And so I would bronc- say that would be very least. Yeah. Because there, there was a ton of. Because I remember bucking horses from 8 in the morning until 10 o'clock at night, nonstop. Well, you know, and then Saturday morning, you'd buck. Saturday afternoon, you'd buck. Sunday morning, you'd buck. And then, remember, Saturday afternoon, they'd call it, like, the first the first buck session on Friday afternoon, they'd say, well, we'd want you to get on, like, one or two. Kind of see where you're at. And then the same thing Saturday morning. And then Saturday afternoon, remember what they call it? Bronc buffet. Get on all the broncs you'd want or all the bulls you'd want. Yeah. And then Sunday... Afternoon was just the their short round, and you got remember you get judged. No, yeah, you had it was a it was like a jackpot. But yeah, you get judged on shoot procedure, uh, how you acted when you got up. Like if you're a bull rider and you got up and you just stood there, then you get docked points and stuff. And I got on TNT in the which was a NFR bucking horse of the Rumford Rodeo Company. Yeah, five time NFR. I I even I, remember how good that I, I was. A little over my head when I got when I got on him. But, oh, it was, it was just, I was thinking about that on the way down here because I got my daughter with me. And and I remember it was my senior year that I probably got the more, most out of any school was my senior year. But it, were, it had nothing to do with bronc ride. It was just seeing, you know, I took that one step closer to my relationship with God. Because Lyle, I mean, do you remember the night sessions at Abbey? Oh, yeah. Like, he would bring in, like, speakers. and Yeah, so so to set this up, like, you would go. Um, in the morning, you would have the spur board, the bucking machines. Uh, you'd buck all afternoon into the evening. You know, every meal 
the schoolhouse was actually catered. So, yeah, um, and it was good food. Yeah, Sam Gress's mom, um, Susie, Susie Gress, Bernard's Catering, which is um, out of Hutchison, Kansas, and Tolette was alive. Tolette Bernard was a, a big old black woman who could cook. And it wasn't. And hot. she loved the rodeo people, and the rodeo people loved her. She was a, just a doll. And she would cook so much food, and she'd be like, more food! Get your chicken! Get your chicken! Come on, baby. I know if you can be getting on a bull, you better eat some more of this food. And it was not. Oh, like, it was so good. Hot dogs and hamburgers. I mean, like, we had baked chicken. We had mashed potatoes. Brisket. Beans, cut yeah. off. I mean, fresh cut Salad, brisket. Salad. It was... But so you'd go there for lunch, and then you'd go to the afternoon session. But at night, on the stage... Now, anybody that hasn't seen the Abbeville Schoolhouse, it is... From the 1900s, it's it's from Hoosiers. pretty damn cool because it's almost like when Abbeville grade school stopped, that time just stopped. Nothing has changed. Nothing is upgraded in there. I mean, it is it is it's a time capsule. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've had I've been to weddings there, funerals, high school dances. Yeah, it and it, was... it, it's still the same. And everything when they would bring in the the nighttime because. Uh, you know, Lyle, he was he was a man and is a man of God. He was a man of God. He obviously still is. He would bring in some like the nighttime sessions got pretty deep. Oh yeah, yeah. So there was one year, and I don't remember which year it was, but the guy he brought in, and they weren't rodeo people, like they were professional speakers. But Lyle had relationships with them through you know he meant him meeting them at business conferences or whatever. Right, but. There was a guy, and he talked about because so it was Easter weekend, so you always talked about you know Jesus dying and the resurrection, and he gave everybody in attendance a nail, a nail of the size of the nail that they used to nail Jesus to the cross, and I still have that nail hanging up in my office, and that thing's like twenty inches long. Wow, you know, and I and but yeah, those nighttime sessions like worth every penny. Everybody that I've ever talked to. And even even the older generation, even uh, like DeWitt Forrest, who mm-hmm. was a um, a key yep. a player, bareback ride instructor, if you will, an instructor. All the people played his guitar every night. That just absolutely loved Lyle Sankey. And for all you young kids that listen to Rump Chat, look up Lyle Sankey. Lyle Sankey might be one of the most underrated rough stock guys in the history of all rodeo, making the NFR in all three rough stock events. From Rose Hill, Kansas, a Kansas boy. Won, won the average in the bull riding twice. And one of the years he won it was when the NFR was 11 rounds. Yeah. And and they did not give gold, they did not give average buckles back then. And so at the school, once again, one of the years, it, it might have been 93, 94, because I had been coming here for a couple of years, but all the instructors that he was close friends with, they pooled their money and they got him an NFR average buckle. Really? And it's legit. Looks just like, you know. And, it, I mean, that was pretty cool to see. But, yeah, I mean, like. But Lyle wasn't your average guy either. Like, he was, let's set the scene. Nowadays, you see rough stock riders with mountain bikes and going to the, the juice bar and, and, like, doing all this weird shit. And it's normal. But back in Lyle's day, Lyle did weird shit before it was cool. 
Yeah, like he he got an earring. I remember that because it he, bugged the shit out of John my, Luthie. Uh, my grandpa Floyd and John Luthie and those guys when he came to Kansas City uh, to the Benjamin Ranch. Like my grandpa Floyd was just disgusted that Lyle had an earring. Yeah, and he would haul a bike around and he always did weird hippie shit. But he was just a, f- a phenomenal uh, cowboy. And he was so dedicated. Like just some of the stories, like the. The buck and stock sale has been going on for a long time during the NFR. Well, he tells a story when he was in a slump at the NFR, and he bought one of the bulls at the sale. And he said, I want to buck him again. He said, I want to resell him. I want to buck him. I'm getting on him. And they said, well, you can't do that. And he said, why? And they all kind of stood there like, well, you, and he's like, show me where I, show me where I can't do this. And so he bought this bull at the NFR sale, ran him back in to resell him because he wanted to get on a practice bull. Now that's dedication. And, and, and I'm not knocking anybody now in this day and age, but can you imagine the dedication to be like, I got bucked off at the final, so I'm going to go to the Benny Binion sale, buy a bull so I can get on one. And I mean, well, that's that's pretty badass. And like, he talked about too, like when he was getting on bareback horses in college, and he was the flank man, the gate man, and the pickup man. He'd get he'd get on barebacks by himself. He had it rigged up so the flank was kind of like taped around the back of the buck and shoot. So like one, and then he had it so he could trip the latch by himself and push it open. And that when a horse go out, that flank would pull tight. Could you imagine? Would you I think, I think you're getting a little shitty on it. It's like that. <laughs> no, call him up and ask him. He, he, he will tell you. But he, how stupid, if you, if yeah, you hang up, stupid. if you hang up, you're going to die. That is stupid. I don't believe you. I think you're getting, ask him. Ask him. You're always saying I'm full of shit. You're saying, <laughs> you're saying that Lyle Sankey rigged a deal up so he get on barebacks by himself. Ask him. Call. Him I don't. Up. I don't have his phone number. But I, 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 I kind of want to believe that because I really do believe that Lyle Sankey might be one of the baddest dudes alive. Well, you know, and you talk about like now there's gyms, you know, Planet Fitness, Anytime Fitness, all that stuff all over. They didn't have that back then where they could go anywhere. So he would like they would say like. You know, if it was your turn to drive, then he would get out and he'd start running down the interstate. I heard, okay, tell me if I'm wrong on this. I actually heard a Lyle Sinky story that, now like I said, this this might not be true, but this is this is rump chap. I heard a story from my dad that one time that him and Lyle were rodeoing together and it was Lyle's turn to drive and dad had pulled over to the side of the road and Lyle got out and there was a railroad tie in the ditch. And Lyle put that railroad tie over his shoulders and jogged like a half a mile up the road and back so he could get pumped up to drive. Do you believe that's true, yes or no? I don't know. But do you, no, no. It, answer the question. Do you believe if that's true or not? It, it might be folklore, but it's, by, the, by the, everybody that's described anything about Lyle Sankey, I could kind of see it happening. Yeah, I'm going to say it's true because I know that, like I said, when they, they would take turns like – like I said, if it's your turn to drive, the other the other guy would take off running down the interstate to get his workout in. You know, that was before Facebook and Instagram where they took selfies of yeah. them working out. Just got done jogging up I-70. <laughs> I'm hitting up this ice bath. <laughs> That's before the days of the ice bath. Yeah, um, speaking of those, yeah, guys, side guys note, that though, always post pictures of them at the gym and at airports. What's up with that deal? 
we every time that we make fun of the airport photo, it's we are directly making fun of you. Me and Hambone are directly making fun of you because you are the stereotypical dude who posts a picture of the hat on the bag in the airport. And, but and, yet you keep doing it no matter how mean we are. You keep fucking doing it. I'm, and thank you for not posting the picture I did send you the last time I was in the airport when I was in the bathroom. Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I, I got a little class. I thought, I thought for sure that, well, that's got sent out to all you guys like you, uh, Rob Gann, Rocket Ryan, Blue Jeans, all you guys that make fun of it. I, that, I keep doing it for you guys. It, is it douchey? Like when you take the, now, don't be. This is not me being rude to you because I love you. I love you. You're my friend. But do you feel douchey when you take that picture to put on Instagram? Like no, of the hat, the cowboy hat backwards on the bag in the airport, and it's like no, off to this rodeo. No, I don't because like if you guys wanted to give me crap, I probably would have wouldn't have done it every time. But now that you give me crap, just like you said, like he just does it now to piss me off. You're hundred percent right. You know what? What else is crazy when? Uh, before we get back to what we're talking about, but like in, in pro rodeo, how people will take the same picture over and over, especially from the PBR finals. Everybody, everybody I know has taken a picture with Cole Hauser from Yellowstone and they put it on their Instagram. Like they're the only ones. Oh, Hey, bumped into Cole Hauser at the PBR kid rock was at the PBR finals. Badass. That was pretty cool. Awesome dude. Cody Webster said he was like the the nicest guy ever. Just smoking cigarettes and drinking beer and having fun. Everybody posted a picture with Kid Rock. Like, but you know the thing is, I don't do that. And here's why. Because I don't I want to if if I post a picture of Kid Rock, I don't want anybody else doing it. Like it takes away from the coolness of the picture when there's five hundred other people with a Kid Rock picture. But but the thing is, with you, it's not cool to post a picture of your roller bag at the at the Green Bay Airport or wherever the hell you fly out of many, Wisconsin. How many pictures have you sent to me privately of your hat and the roller blade? I do it because I'm making fun of you. I, I told somebody the other day I was going to put put it on the dash of my motorhome. The picture, my picture. No, my the, the rolling bag with my hat on the dash of my motor and send it to you. Just when you think you can outdo it, then all of a sudden, boom, dash picture. Speaking of the PBR finals, I want to ask you a question. Hit me. So we I all, guess this is Jesse chat now. So we all know that Flint's done, that he's retiring, and that you know the the short, the last performance is his, you know, last performance. I don't know if they have the his replacement named yet. Do they? There's not going to be. You can't replace Flint. No, but you know what I'm saying. Like I'm not saying a person, but a person is going to take over that. I don't know. They. Uh, I have not heard anything from that. But I will tell you this: God bless the next person, because Flint is so iconic. Yeah. And he's and this is not me kissing his ass. I will tell Flint to his face. He's he's unbelievable. He's the best. Like every time that I've won a clown of the year buckle, that's a second place buckle. Yeah. To to Flint, so but let's just let's say it was you. Let's say that you're going to be the guy that's. Going I wouldn't to, go. I know you wouldn't. What go. I've learned with Leon Coffee at San Antonio, you don't follow somebody like that. But I think it would be cool. Is so if they know it was you know either Matt Merritt or Brinson Harris or Matt Tar, whoever it is, I think it would be cool when you start that short round, you buck two or three bulls. Tell you know tell Flint thank you for everything. You know have the guy that's going to take over that role come up. Like Flint's giving him the keys to the car, and then have Flint say, "Treat this guy the same way you treated me for the next." For the Wouldn't last work. 
I know. But like in the like, it would you, be cool though. I, you, I love what you're thinking. You always see like in the big NFL games or baseball when they take the pitcher out, he gets a standing ovation. When Todd it's all focused on him. When Todd Helton uh, played his last game for the Colorado Rockies, Todd Helton was one of the, the most iconic first basemans in the whole world. Number seventeen, and they brought out a horse because Todd's in the ranch and shit. And, but and see, uh, they, see, to me, I I think like. I think that Flint needs – he might not tell you he needs it, but I think the fans need it. I think the contestants mean – like, let him walk out when it's still going on. Just say goodbye to him. I don't know. I I just – I know whatever Flint does, it's going to be classy, and it's going to be awesome. You think he'll leave his shoes in the arena like wrestlers do on the map? No, I I don't think he will. Um, Damon Rogers did that once. Uh, you know who else did that? Corey, Corey Wall, when he fought his last perf, he lit his cleats on fire in the arena. And you know what I'm going to do when I quit? Nothing. When I quit, everyone's like, where'd that fat bastard go? Like, I'm just going to disappear like a like a thought in the night. So, yeah, because you've taken some criticism following Leon. Oh, God. So let Terrible. Me, let me throw this. Terrible. Part. So the committee man at our hometown rodeo, he, he brought it up, and, he, and it's a great idea. He said, the guy that we replace Roger with, I don't want him to do it the first year. He said, because whoever you pick is not going to be the same as Roger Mooney, and that crowd is going to bash him no matter how good he is. He said, you almost need to sacrifice somebody for one year. Yes. Let that person come in, because it's, and then the next year, bring in the guy you want to be there for the next 30 years, because everybody's like, well, this guy, he ain't no Roger, but he's better than the guy he had last year. I, you know, There's one exception to that, and that was Sykeston, Missouri. Sykeston is such a good town with good people. Um, when Rudy Burns, Rudy Burns has been there for 46 years, and um, Rick Young was there for 60, 60 years, retired at age 85. So for 60 years, he was the rodeo clown there, right? When I stepped in, I worked that rodeo with those two. Mm-hmm. And by the time I left, they were the most gracious people. And no one's talked. A couple people were a little weird about it, but for the most part, it was the like the most nice, wonderful transition in the history of rodeo. But in a way, you know, I hope when I quit, the next guy's like, "Man, this guy sucks compared to Justin Rumford." But they probably won't do that because of the Cowboy Channel. But <laughs> but I don't want to get into that. You honestly, think this that is a fun night. I don't want to get into that. You're going to be 85 and still clowning. Oh hell no! Oh hell no! I, I'm struggling. I'm struggling right now. Sometimes that like. Well, I, I mean, I think about that too because you got three kids, and when you're 85, they're you're hoping they're going to have kids, and you might be a great great grandpa. Well, here's the thing: I tell everybody this. Whenever you hear this all the time, you you probably don't because sound men and you know a little different deal. And but you know, from the announcer side, you might hear this when people say, "How long are you going to do this? What's your what? How long are you going to do this?" I honestly don't think in rodeo you can set a number. You can't say, I'm going to do it to this day, and then it's over. You know, because the thing is, like, when is it over? Like, when is it going to quit being fun? When is when is things not going to go right? You know what I'm saying? So I don't feel like that you can set a number. And I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep rocking until it's not fun or it really starts to suck. But, like, you know, for right now, man, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's a blast. It's fun. I'm with my friends. There is a lot of downside, and I know this, or you know this, because I talk shit to you all the time about how ungodly much I hate the 
stupid ass cowboy channel and all the shit it's brought me. And but the thing too is like it's a small sacrifice, honestly. Like in you know anything, anything you do is sacrifice. If if I had a nine to five, or if I was still driving a truck for Benny Butler, if I was a truck driver for Benny right now, no one would be talking shit on me on Facebook. But I would be a truck driver making eight hundred and fifty dollars every seven days. Yeah, you know. So I mean, and you hit the you hit the nail on the head, like. You, you, there's so many people that think this lifestyle is so awesome. Like, oh, you guys, that must be great. Is it a great lifestyle for us? Absolutely, but it's because you get to hang out with your friends and stuff like that. But, like, I'm super blessed. Like, my daughter's with me for the next couple weeks. Right. And me and her mom are together. But, like, she just said, go, and we'll figure it out. You know, like, we'll figure out how to get her home. Like, how many other... You know that's what's hard. You miss you miss birthdays, you miss weddings, you know, sometimes even funerals. Stuff like I've missed a lot of funerals. Yeah. And I mean, how many weddings have you missed? I try not to miss weddings. But honestly, like I missed my brother's wedding, but <laughs> it was during Liberty, Texas, like the yeah, Trinity Valley Expo, which is five performances. Yeah. You know, uh that, which, and that was hard like I wanted to be there, but and that's the part that nobody sees. That's yeah. the part that nobody sees, you know. The but all night. Do you drives. ever do you ever hear anybody ask you how long are you going to do this? How long are you going to do this? I think when they ask me because they just they want me gone. No, I'm just kidding. No, I I really don't. Um, I haven't got that. You get it more so from people that aren't in the rodeo industry. Well, how long are you going to do that? You can't yeah. make a living that way. But like I, my my town, you know, in the nine two zero, I have a lot of support. Like right, like there's restaurant owners um that in the the bowling alley like they're very supportive like the bowling alley it's the place to go in mantle after the rodeo because it's literally connected right to the rodeo grounds so all the contestants go there after the rodeo they don't have to drive they can drink and eat and stuff like that but they're very supportive and and now like it's you know like i tell everybody i'm right where god wanted me to be right i'm i'm 40 i'll be 47 monday here in Abbey. Hey, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be with you for your uh, for the big day. That's right. That's right. And this is the first year in in my life that this is all I'm doing is rodeo. Right. You know, the last couple of years. So let's get back to that a little bit here. I mean, Kevin, you've been a contestant, a bullfighter. You have found a way to keep on rocking. And you know, like I tell a lot of people that talk to me about, oh well, man, must be nice. I'm like, dude. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. And that's where me and you are a lot of alike because we have fought to be in this business when shit wasn't going in our favor. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at look, look at your background. I remember when you had a Jeep uh, Grand Cherokee with a, with a bumper pull trailer, like a single axle cargo trailer that you uh, fought bulls and clowned the Kansas State oh, Fair yeah. and then drove to River Falls, Wisconsin. Overnight, yeah, for the college rodeo, all for old Bronco Rumford. Yeah, that trailer. <laughs> Remember that when you, yes. your clowning days? Yeah, that. you were a terrible clown. Good bullfighter, terrible clown. I was scared to death. That trailer was a the the bed of an old pickup truck, and it was out in my dad's in our pasture. And so I brought it in, put some new tires on it. Built the top out of plywood. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. I remember I thought it looked pretty shitty, but I didn't know. <laughs> it was. It built it out of plywood. And, yeah, that I hauled my barrel. And 
some other stuff in there and, and had was hauling the sound system on the way to When did you quit riding Bronx where you thought, you know, I better I better start doing something different? So I quit riding Bronx and Bulls like ninety seven, ninety eight. And you went to Fort Scott. Yep. Blah. And I was and I was fighting Blah. I was fighting Bulls and Monty Mask, he was living in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And he started doing. He's he was in charge of putting on a weekly bull riding series in Hat in in Hat Creek Arena in Van Van Wert, Ohio. It was 419 miles from my house in Manawa to Van Wert. And he called me and he says, "Hey," he said, "I want you to come announce for me." I was like, "Monty, I'm not an announcer." He's like, "No, but you know every contestant. You know every bull." He's like, "You you you know what you're doing. You know what you're talking about." So yeah, so I. Loaded up, and damn near every Saturday from November to April, I went and announced Van Word, Ohio, and that's how I transitioned into announcing and and your 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 look. That's one thing I've always loved your look. Back when in the day, in your wild days, yeah. you cleaned up and not quite as cool now, but you know there for a while you were rocking the fur coat, rings on every finger. Looking like more of a pimp than actual rodeo announcer, sound man look. Yeah. And I, there was actually, the way that they introduced you at River Falls, Wisconsin, was rootin' tootin' party producing Jesse Knutson. Yep, that is 100% true. And uh, But the look was cool, and it, it still works today. Like, I appreciate it more and more every day. Like the the non traditional because I get some I get sometimes pissed off people like man you always just wear shirts and t shirt and really wear Motley Crue t shirts and I'm like man this is how dude, this is how I am like don't try to put us all in a box yeah you, you, and there's room for that well the look so yeah like the fur coat I think I don't know how that got started yeah how did you how in the hell did the fur coat I just man we were somewhere and it might have been up in Rice Lake. And I'm gonna get to that in a minute. And I, I, I think a girl had a fur coat or something, and, and I took it and wore it, and then it worked. Next thing you know, I'm buying fur coats. I bought one when we were in Saudi Arabia. No. For sakes. Oh shit! And that thing was heavy. Gold buckle, gold buckle beer. It was heavy and hot. It was actually easier to wear than to carry it. And, well, it's made of fur, so I mean, it's made and, of a live animal. And walking through the airport in Paris, France, with a fur coat. But and yeah. rings on every finger. Yeah, and so, yeah, I used to wear the tint. You know, I when I fought bulls, I wore yellow glasses, but just because it, it would protect your eyes from dirt and stuff. And no bullshit. No, 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 stop, stop. It, cool that you were trying no. to look cool. You didn't give a shit about your eyes. Time out. Time out. Not when I was fighting bulls, because I thought it. You would... cared about your eyes when you were fighting bulls. Do you ever get mud thrown in your eyes? No, I was always too close to the action. <laughs> so, anyways, the yellow glasses came from Lori Franzen. No shit. Yes, because in my pamphlet or your promo deal that you'd send out to every stock contractor and committee to try to get jobs, the front cover was me and my bullfighting garb in, like, the back pens with all the bulls around me. And so I'm walking through the, the halls, and she stops me. And she said, you're Jesse Knutson, right? And I happened to be wearing my yellow glasses that day, and that was the first time I've ever worn them outside the arena. And I said, yes, I am. And she's like, well, we got your packet. Just want to say great packet blah 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 we got our bullfighters all hired she's like but keep in contact so i said okay and as she was walking i said hey Lori." i said how did you recognize me 
You know, because I don't, you, you know, bullfighters, clowns, you don't wear your face paint out there. Especially at the, at the convention where. Except for Cody Sosby did one year. Did he really? Yeah, when he first got his card. Douche. He, and then Donnie Landis. <laughs> and so anyway, she said, well, you're yellow glasses. And These the, rose-colored the, glasses. The light bulb came on, and, and yeah, and. Well, you got to do something to stand out. Well, it, but it's also hurt me. There's been contractors and committees that they don't they don't want that look as their voice of rodeo or their music director. I get that. You know. I, I've had that, too, like where, you know, I stay filthy, you know, white T-shirt, black shorts, you know. And I've had people be like, man, that dress like a slob. Man, I'm not a slob. That's just how I am. Like, well, I'm not a slob. I'm a clean guy, but. Well, yeah, and that's just it. Like, I, In any other sport, you can do whatever you want as long as you're talented. Yeah. But in rodeo, I got one wearing a cowboy hat. Look at, look at all the hate rocker gets. Yeah, that rocker. But, it is, but it, you know, and honestly, I love rocker. Yeah. I'm good friends with rocker. Rocker is good for rodeo. But, you know, now, you know, you read all those stories of, of Larry, Larry Mahan. You know, he was doing all that same stuff that Rocker was doing. Do you, do you think Larry got the hate back then? Oh, man. Do you think about the, the hate? Can you imagine being Mac Altizer rolling into Pecos, Texas in 1985 and bringing in a, a sound system and playing Aerosmith? It's crazy. You know? But your look... But you know the the cool thing is you didn't you didn't fault on the look you didn't say I'm not going to do this you kept the look and I think over the years I know me personally I've always thought man this is what makes Jesse cool like you you've kept it real and and me and you've had our our uh, our great run with Boyd Gaming at the uh, at the Orleans you were my sidekick and assistant uh, host assistant to the host assistant host assistant to the host um, of you know the NFR watch party which has been great. We're going to hopefully be back together in the future, rocking some cool shit. But you know, the, the look was cool. And, and I think, uh, so many times there, there's so much room for this in rodeo. You know, I, I can't stand the, the people that, um, that say, well, you know, that's, that's not, this, this ain't good for rodeo. Anything that if you have anybody, if a bareback rider or a clown that is a little bit different, man, it's great for rodeo. Mm-hmm. And plus, like, you've been around as long as I have. And, I mean, you've got to have opinions of, of the, new, the new people coming in. But I don't want to knock anybody. But you take Joe Average, bareback rider, who's pretty good. Say he's 90 points a couple times a year. He doesn't stick out like a long-haired Texan who's a wakeboarder who rock and rolls. And, you know, I, I think anything this different is good for rodeo right now. If it's it, and rodeo's rocking right now, we are kicking ass. If, a, if in a in a positive manner, like I like when Stid took all his hate. Could you imagine social media? Oh my god! Sid? When Sid Steiner ripped his shirt off and threw it in the stands. But you also the remember, Cowboy Channel oh. fan page, the one that all freaking hate yeah. me to death. They would have just their their minds would have blown in half. Okay, but do you remember that they? I think it was Sean Davis had those. Remember those two kids. I say kids. They were probably what early twenties that sat in the front row behind oh, yeah. the the by the time box. event box. Yeah, and they were twirling their shirts and yep. stuff like that. I mean, they were paid. 
Kenny Pettit was a paid dancer. Right. Do you remember when he'd come down the, the aisle? And yeah, that's how he got to deal with Cody was more he hired him because he's a paid dancer, yeah. And and so, like, I, I think that's when – that was good for Rodeo because, like, Sid worked off the crowd. And, you know, the old school people are like, well, I didn't – but there's people that watch the NFL. Why does he have to celebrate? He, you know, he ran 73 yards because he just ran well, 73 here, here, yards. But here's the the difference that I think I've I had a guy tell me this the other day. He goes, "Well, I don't know why you're complaining. You know, if you're in the NFL, people are going to bitch about you." But the difference is this: if I don't like Patrick Mahomes, okay, and I write Andy Reid a letter about how much I hate Patrick Mahomes, they're not going to read the letter. Because they don't give a shit about what just some random guy thinks. If you're a rodeo fan and you write a committee a letter from the Cowboy Channel, the committee might listen to that and fire you. And that's fair. Yeah, I, I the commit. Yeah, I if they if they write to the committee, absolutely. But then again, I'm I'm going through a different time in life right now where I'm almost kind of enjoying. Like I for four years, I've put up with this. What what did I tell you two years ago when you were in San Antonio and you were taking all that hate? What did I tell you? You it talked did. about how it be, how awesome it is when you cash the check. Yeah. I said Monday morning when you go to the bank and you put that big check in there. Who the cares? The big check bank. And what did you do? What did you do? You I snap- Snapchatted you the check. <laughs> As you're going to the bank. But Not guilty. That's how I stay filthy. Richer than Richie till you play has come to get me. But there's... This is my opinion. But if, could if, you imagine back if there was Facebook when you showed up in your fur coat oh gosh, with yeah. rings and shit? They would have hated there, you. There, there. Well, there was social media. Like Facebook's been around for a while because when we were in River Falls, like I found some guy showed me pictures of me and JV. So. JV's balls. <laughs> but going back to like the hate, like if it's a fan and they want to complain about, oh, your music sucks. Or the clown, he sucks. This is a country event, play country music. That to me, that's fine. They they bought a ticket. But what I don't like is when our industry, like if other clowns start bashing you or start bashing other people in our industry, I don't agree with that. I, I, I think that you can have opinion everybody's got opinions. Yeah. But like keep those opinions yourself. Like there was a rodeo in Montana. <laughs> music director was, <laughs> was working it. <laughs> Shut up. And a clown said, when did music lose its purpose in rodeo? And I'm thinking, because that guy that's playing music doesn't play it the way you like it, that you want to, like, we're supposed to be all on the same team, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. But, you know, uh, back to the. uh, Let's get out of Montana. Yeah. Was you there the year I got arrested? (laughs) Ron Rumford left me in jail in River Falls, Wisconsin, which might be the most. Besides Texas Tech now, and Texas Tech called rodeo is unreal, but it it's still not go to jail fun. I don't think I was. Were there. you were you there the night that Bronk Rumford had to hide the parking lot due to the fire alarm that went yes. off? Yes, yes, I was there that year because that was the year that JV was going to take the bike down the hill. Can you please tell that story? Because I want to get I. I Pray to God I can get JV's balls, and that's so, my cousin JV's got huge balls. 
Great Bend, Kansas, where they were born. Yeah, he showed me. I forget that. We were in the motel room. So uh, for everybody that, that has ever heard, I don't know if I've ever told the story in Rump Chat, but my cousin JV, who's cool as shit and just a great dude, he's always talking about how big his balls are. And we were at the rodeo, and this is like 2004, maybe five. And this bull comes walking down the the, uh, the alleyway, and he's like, see those balls? My, my balls are that big. And, you know, a lot of guys joke around about their balls and stuff, and they're like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. But he went on and on and on about the size of his balls, didn't he? Yeah, and it so, was it, – because we were between performances, because – Bronk and Kate used to do the high school room. And he punched me in the belly and I shit my pants in the parking lot. Remember that? <laughs> do you remember that? No. We went to Applebee's and I had like 32 of those <laughs> sweet, those lemon teas or whatever. That's uh, a whole other story. That doesn't matter. But So, at River Falls, River Falls is awesome. No, hold on. This We got to get back to great men. Yeah, so so, so the the story was. was th- there's no story. You were there. This yes, is the truth. This is the truth. Me, you, and JV were split in a room. We we're in Bronk and Kate put on the high school rodeo, which was produced like a pro rodeo. The morning was all slack, and then the night perf was like their short round, and it was televised on RFD. Patrick was cool back then. Yeah, and suck it, Patrick. Now, so I'm laying on one bed. JV's laying on the other bed. You come out of the bathroom, and you're like, "Oh my god." JV, your balls are huge because apparently his balls were hanging out his own. Oh, they're the biggest balls you're I've like, ever seen. You're like. Newt, look. And I was like, holy crap, they are big. That's how JV's ball started. I Well, you didn't want to look at it. I remember, oh, you're going to look. Yeah. And I said, yeah. I said, I don't want to be weird, but you've got to look at JV's balls. I have never seen anything like this. And JV showed you his balls. And even you looked at him, you're like, that is, it, JV's balls were so big, it was almost like we should call somebody because they ain't going to believe us. It didn't, it didn't, like, medically, it seemed like it was. <laughs> A bad thing how big his balls were. JV's balls are so big they spoke at the high school graduation. <laughs> JV's balls are so big uh, they can get a loan without a credit check. Do you remember JV's balls Facebook page? Yeah, we had a JV's balls Facebook page. And then, so, and then the thing that made me mad was that people would let other people get on there that didn't know what JV's balls were. Remember that page got turned in? Yeah. People were talking about JV's balls. I've never like, seen them. That's like getting invited to a house party and saying, hey, there's going to be beer, whiskey, and maybe some weed smoke. Okay? <laughs> Holla. If you don't want to come, that's okay, but that's what's going to happen here. And then you get there, and then you you call the cop and say, yeah, they're smoking weed. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> JV's balls was a big part of uh, our – we had the best parties in River Falls, Wisconsin. And uh, River Falls, the University of, of Wisconsin, River Falls, uh, unreal time. At one, that's where I was arrested, stayed for days. That's where Uncle Tommy saved the day one year. Um, Jordan Holland and Rock Chardin made, made an appearance at River Falls, Wisconsin. Uh, that- Rock, Rock was the one where I, I bought all that marijuana off that dude for Rock. And- Remember when JV took Rock? To uh, school, <laughs> literally, <laughs> to to Indiana to pick up those uh, rope and steers from oh, yeah. and ask JV if there if he was going to see the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> Rock had never been out of Utah. He never he didn't know that Indiana wasn't on the uh, the border of. Uh, but River Falls back in the day, man, it was like I'm talking like we were treated like celebrities. It not, was the not, biggest not, weekend not like, ever. Not like Morgan Wallen, but we're ta- I'm talking like boy band celebrities. You wore your fur, fur coat to 
the bar and everybody like thought it was the coolest shit ever. Mike Greenleaf. Mm-hmm. Mike Greenleaf was right. Mike was a fell down on the dance floor. <laughs> on the dance floor. And they almost called a helicopter. Like everybody was so worried. Not we, not the authorities, but you know if you were part of the Rumford crew, you did not buy a drink all weekend. No, and you know, looking back, it's funny because at that point when we got that rodeo, uh, our rodeo company was transitioning of not having any rodeos. So we had, you know, Abbeville, Longford, Cushing, River Falls, Wisconsin, which was not close to shit, but it was the most fun weekend. And, and uh, I think, I actually think it was Jordan Holland who pulled the uh, the fire extinguisher when we all got kicked out of the hotel in the middle of the night. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, we're... Do you still do River Falls? Yes. I Is guess. it still as fun? Like, how's things changed now that you're getting uh, older? <laughs> like, obviously, you're not staying up all night because you don't drink anymore. You're a good dad. You're a uh, good person. So, you're not a filthy bastard like the rest of us sometimes. So, it was funny because last year two, year, two or three years ago, Darren Boots was up there judging. And Rector was, I think Rector was picking up. Well, we all went out to get something to eat afterwards and it was on friday night and we're getting ready to go back and i was like i'm whooped boots like yeah me too and rector's like me too and we look at our clocks it's like 11 and i said listen we need to get our story straight because bronco's gonna call us tomorrow and ask us how the party was we bronco used to go to the party yeah so he so if we tell bronco that we left at 11 and went back to the hotel he would disown us so I said, we stayed out, we shut down the bars, then we went out to eat in Hudson, we didn't get back to the room until 4. That was our story, Case Bronco called. So the bike the bike incident where JV was going to ride down, so the, the year that the fire alarm got pulled, the whole hotel gets evacuated, obviously. We talked JV into riding this bike. He's gonna, didn't he steal the bike? No, the, the kid was with us. Who owned, It's a bicycle. So, it is not a motorcycle. It was literally a bike. And so we found the kid, like, we, because you all, like, there's all these bars downtown. It's a college town on Main Street, and you go from one bar to this bar. And he, he, he was at the rodeo and took a liking to us, and we're like, hey, come with us. So we threw the bike in the back of the truck. Remember that? Hope you got a big, big trunk because I'm putting my bike in it. And so he was there with us, but JV was going to write. So the, it was like, what, Holiday Inn Express or something, but. I think it was a Hampton Inn. Something like that. But anyways, uh, on the west side of the parking lot, there was a hill. But it but there was, it went sloped down, what, five-foot drop-off? I think it was more like 10. It looked like a pretty significant drop-off. Well, JV was going to ride this bike down this hill. Jackass style. Yes. And just as he was getting ready to pedal, he slammed down on the pedal and the chain snapped. <laughs> He could have died. That chain snap almost saved. I'm going to play this song right here. Um, I went to the my favorite Riverfall story was I went to this party and I thought I was going alone. And um, when I pulled into this party and I went into this house, you guys were all in there. And my dad was in a line of like 30 people. And the song was playing. And it's like, college kid, college kid, college kid, Bronk Rumford. And he's got his hat off, and he's just riding the train. Like, they were just doing this. You remember that? Oh, my gosh. Come on, ride the train. That was so crazy. So, this year, Bar- Barnes has it now, Marty Barnes. 
And so Saturday night, we... Did you tell Marty when he got it, like, hey, you guys got a lot to follow up because well, the Rumfords had more fun at River Falls than probably anybody? Remember, he came. Marty brought some horses. Oh, yes, he did. And, we, and your dad told him. Like, your dad told him, say, hey, you know, kind of the deal is you have to go out with us. And remember, he went to... He, he didn't go to all the bars, but he went to the first couple with us. Marty is probably one of the best guys I've ever met in my whole life. Just cool, like good talker, clean cut. So I can't see Marty rocking it. Like no, no, and that's no offense. Like I mean that in like a positive. Marty's a great guy. Way so, so Luke Moore was fighting bulls, and Garrett Underwood was picking up, and Dan Owens was picking up, and so we're all out. We go to to I think it's Mel's. It's like the country bar. Yeah, Mel's. And so we order pizza, and they're like, "Tell us how River Falls used to be back in the day." So I'm telling them stories, and I tell them about the bike and JV. Well, this guy comes walking through Mel's, and I was like, holy shit, it's Bike Boy. And Years later, you knew it was Bike Boy. I just recognized him. And he kind of looked at me, he's like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. And you know when you say, like, hey, I met you in such and such, and they're like, you know if they're lying. And I was like, I was like, bullshit, you are Bike Boy. And he pulls his phone out, and he's scrolling, holds his phone up. He's like, you mean this? And it's a picture of me and JV on his Facebook. We so this is like before Facebook was cool. social media got your ass. It, so there's pictures of me and JV like we're at the bar. We've been drinking. Thank God I had my sunglasses on in the bar because your Elvis sunglasses. And we have like the Hawaiian lays. I mean, like he had all sorts of pictures. What are the odds of Bike Boy walking through the bar? God. Many like fifteen years later. Well, the the other funny thing from River Falls too, and my dad sent JV with two loads of livestock to River Falls, and he gave him a hundred dollars cash, nowhere to stay, and no vehicle, and said we'll be back in a week, and this is what you have to get by. And when they came back, JV had fed all the stock, had a place to stay. Went to class at River Falls, University of Wisconsin, River Falls. Wrote an English paper, too, for a kid. (laughs) Just stayed, just just straight up, just lived it up at River Falls. Because there was years that Bronco would send timed event cattle to Northfield for Sutton's. And he'd, remember, he'd send JV up with him, and then JV would would stay over. JV might be the coolest dude in rodeo that, so the one He just balls, anyway. So the one year, remember when Bronco had the state fair in Hutch? Yeah, and well, I, we had the the we did the three days of showcase. Yeah, and then so I'd come down to work it every so often for Bronco. Well, that one, so he sent like the crew up there. So JV, Jeff, Duba, those guys were up there, and the and the last perf was Thursday at the state fair. So me and Bronco, we got down to state fair and we went up there. Well, Thursday's college night in our falls, so we show up at eight, and they got slack in there, and. JV, he looks like he's still drunk. He locked, Some girl stole, stole his cowboy hat the night before. Duba, no idea where Duba is. Rector's as white as a ghost. Oh, God. And they reeked of alcohol. And we're like, boys, how was it? Thumbs up. That's all they said. And I think it was either JV or Rector was putting horn wraps on the steers and the chutes and threw up. I got to get, get one story on here. We like to do this on Rum Chat sometimes just to see if they'll answer. This is a JV slash Dusty Tuckness. Hold on, let's see. 
Let's see if Tuck answers. Hello. Tuck. What's up, bud? Hey, you're on Rump Chat with me and Jesse Knutson. Hey. Hey, will you please tell the story about when I accidentally shit my pants at Great Bend when JV poisoned me? Because <laughs> I don't think Jesse remembers well, uh, or believes the story. Me and Big Bear were in Wyoming with a load full of fresh bulls and the old strawberry love bucket. And old Mr. Bronco himself talked us into uh, pulling in Great Bend and bucking the bulls. And I was going to fight bulls, and so we had a pit stop two, three days, whatever it was. Will that? That slack was all day long, and it took forever, and it was 115 degrees, and we get done with slack, and we had uh, Applebee's, and old Big Bear, he uh, he dives off into the old triple dipper, and about 15 strawberry limeades, and he uh, just his mixture was right, and we get driving back to the arena, and old Big Bear, he's uh, He's about to pop, and uh, he's sitting in the back seat with JV. I'm in front. I can't remember who else was all in there. Maybe Ty. And Trump goes, man, if somebody had hit me in the guts right now, I'd probably crap my pants. Well, we pull into the arena, and sure enough, we all jump out. Big Bear, he steps out, gives a big old bear stretch. Just about the time when his arms get over his head, JB, I mean, smokes him right in the gut. Punches me in the belly. Well, that's all she wrote, boys. <laughs> I was wearing regular pants. Right there. <laughs> Ron Pata. That year, they had a pretty good crop of high school chicks. They are pretty cute that year, but old Big Bear had to walk backwards about 200 yards to the love bucket, <laughs> change <laughs> into his only spare pants that he had in the, in the pot, and mind you, it's 115 degrees out. The only pair of jeans that he had was a pair of starch black M-dubs. <laughs> so hot. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. All right, Tuck. I love you. Yeah, no, true story. Uh, <laughs> call you back. Oh, it was so terrible because... It came... was damn near word for word other than the three-dipper. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, had, I forgot about the three-dipper. I was sitting there, and JV, I shouldn't have told him. I said, man, if somebody hit me in the belly, I'd shit him. And he punches me hard. JV weighs about three and a half. Yeah. And he's but about he's seven not, foot tall. And he's not fat. No, he's just a big dude. He's... Just big. Should've His been, balls be, alone are. Should, yeah. should be playing in the NFL. Yeah. You know, he was a football coach at Pretty Prairie. Yeah, I follow. Could you imagine <laughs> if you're a freshman in high school and JV's your coach? If he didn't do what I – like, if I was JV and my uh, people didn't do what I told them, I'd show my balls. And they'd be like, oh, God, we better do what he says or else. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, back to the River Falls. So many good stories. So many stories we can't tell. You know what? It's starting to piss me off. Last, well, yesterday we did a Bronk, Rumford, Raw, and Jordan Holland and them guys. I understand the code of the road, but there's so many stories that we can never tell in Rump Chat because people will not tell them. There's so many things that everybody would know. Yeah, it would but be we, funny. 
But like last night when Jordan Holland was on, he would not even hardly talk because of the code of the road about well, going to Spain. There, there's certain things that you shouldn't you shouldn't bring back up. We have to document these, or they'll go away, and no one will ever know. When Mike Greenleaf came to River Falls, that was pretty fun. I can't wait to get Mike Greenleaf on. Um, he's, he's got some River Falls stories. But Tommy Rumford, oh, God rest his soul, when he was at River Falls the one year and everybody got boozed and didn't show up to feed the next morning, he put all the stock in the back pins so they could have slack, and he said that he saved the day. Do you remember that? No. What's your favorite Tommy Rumford story? Being a, a part of Rumford Rodeo and the Abbeville Rodeo. Well, you got to have at least one Uncle Tommy story. And you know what? Why in the hell didn't we just pay the $1,500 to have him on when he was alive? Well, so we came over because you guys used it wasn't What was the rodeo you guys used to have in the like first weekend in June? I don't know. It was a pro rodeo. Kingman. Used to have Kingman, Kansas. Yes. Because when the, when the Sankey School left here in Abbeville and went to Kingman over Easter. I can't remember what I had. My traveling partner had 23 Gator. Like your guys' best bull at the time. Right. And so he's going to start with my traveling partner, Tate Barwald. And Uncle Tommy, he, still, he loved to talk shit. He did. Especially if he didn't know him. Well, he's, he's still from the grave, I believe he does. He's got the hot shot, and he's, you know, buzzing the shoot, you know, like trying to wake Gator up. He's like, yo, you two jump him, Gator. Extra scoop of grain for you. <laughs> and I... Tap Tommy's belly, and I said, "Looks like Gator's been two jumping a lot of guys, but we know where that grain's been going." Tommy. Ooh, slam! You better watch it, Newt. You're next. Carolyn's. Tommy would come to the trailer every year, get me out of bed to take me to Carolyn's to have sweet rolls, where we're going Monday morning, taking our kids there. For sure. I remember when Uncle Tommy almost lit your dad's house on fire. <laughs> Oh, after the Abbeville rodeo, you know what? Uh, I I want to play this right now. I remember all the cool hats that Uncle Tommy gave us—the ball caps. Yeah, that said like <laughs> there was a lot of bad ones too. They're like, I'm not as I'm not as thank as you drunk I am. <laughs> but he was so excited. To Show us your tits, win a smile. <laughs> he was so like straight up dirty trucker hats, and he had like hundreds of them. Uh, I want to play this. I. Jesse and I, we actually can uh, got together, colluded, because Jesse wants to pay homage to Tommy, and you know, Tommy was Tommy was very Tommy. Tommy was great at being Tommy. No one could ever tell him. So uh, we put this together for the Abbeville Rodeo, and uh, here it goes. In Tommy fashion, it's not working. Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is the audio version. Oh. This is just the music. Oh, shit. <laughs> I thought I recorded it. Is this a Hadley Barrett song, though? No, it's uh, the karaoke version to Red Sovine. Okay. Okay, hold on. Let me... <laughs> it's Teddy Bear. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. And you did this, like, what, in an afternoon? I did. You know, because I want to do this for Tom. 
Okay, here we go. Yep, this is it because I just heard the microphone hit. An old cowboy hat and a shirt that was always untucked. You stopped. Into the rodeo with all the horses and bulls that bucked. He would see that truck coming, down the road he would go. Hauling stocking for the cowboys at the annual rodeo. It didn't take him long to back up and unload. Then he would tell all the cowboys wild stories from up and down the road. He liked to tease the cowboys. He'd try to keep them all on their toes. Oh, Tommy was a staple at the Kansas rodeos. On the back of the chute, you'd see him helping all them horses that buck. And as soon as it was all over, he'd load them back onto his truck. As he would leave the arena after the rodeo when there was still a crowd, he'd honk that semi-horn. Man, that thing was loud. He was a really happy guy and his day was truly made driving that big blue truck down Main Street in the rodeo parade. Tommy didn't always follow the rules, but I don't know anyone who does. Oh, Tommy wasn't perfect, but he was perfect at being who he was. Roll on highway, yeah, hot roll song. on along, roll on daddy till you get back home, hot song. roll on family. So that's a, uh, that's a poem. Do you think that will be the first time that 18-wheeler by Alabama has ever been used as a hot song? I don't know. I Well, we know Cheeseburgers in Paradise has been used by Brad. Oh, Tom. Tom was definitely, Tommy was Tommy. He was so Tommy that Matt I actually I miss Tommy right now. I remember trying to duck him when I'd come to Abbeville, like, oh God, here comes Tommy. And I was thinking about that day, I'm like, I wish that he was still alive so I could try to duck him because he would always ask you to do weird shit. Like I guess you could like he, he was take you to town and make you wash his car while he sat there and smoke cigarettes. He was very good at delegating. He was a great delegate. Like at Rear Falls, like your your dad's like watch now watch Tommy, he knows what he's supposed to do, but he won't do any of it. He'll he'll get all those kids to do it, and sure enough, like he'd have all those kids feeding and stuff like that. Remember when Tommy tells like, yeah, bang that chick. We're like, no, you didn't. <laughs> yes. But he was like so confident that he did that you you kind of wondered. I, the one he used to always tell me, does Benny Benny don't listen to this show? No, me? Benny don't. What's no. That? Uh, <laughs> anyhow, we'll skip that one. Actually, just tell it without any names. He used to say, like, he was, he used to have sex with her all the time. And I'm like, no, you didn't. No. Yeah, I did. Not me personally, but a guy I know. Man, when her got it on. Ugh. Uh, yeah, you know when people are, are lying. Yeah, he was lying. Like, he would he would do that here at the rodeo. He'd be like, see that girl in the front row? I'm like, yeah. Scab banged her. I'm like, really? He's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, let's see. So you're 53. She's 23 and hot. So, time out. You just cut me off. You did, Five minutes ago, you just said that we don't talk about stuff that happens on the road. That's, save that one for a raw. <laughs> save that one for a raw. Do you remember you? So, do you remember the year your dad got knocked out in Abbeville? And then I wasn't here the year Bronco got knocked Uncle out. Uncle Tommy had to get knocked out. Hold on, Dad. You got knocked out here at the rodeo. One year I did. Yeah, he was tying in a bronc. Pussy. And the horse. <laughs> 
reared up and hit him right. I mean, smacked him right in the Damn head. Damn it. Where was I that year? I think that it had to have been 2010 because you weren't here in 2010 because that was the last year I announced it. And Bronk fell backwards right in front of me. And I saw his old rise. You thought he died. I, no, I didn't think he died because Bronk's pretty tough. It's going to take more. You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit in the wind. You don't knock out old Bronk Rumford. And so he got up. You know, we stopped the rodeo. Well, five or six horses later, this bucking horse runs through the out gate. And who's behind the out gate? Uncle Tommy. <laughs> and so we had to stop the rodeo for them. And so afterwards... I go up to Bronco. I said, hey. I said, are you okay? He's like, yeah, that, that horse, he barely touched me. And I said, what about Tommy trying to one-up you? And he's like, what do you mean? I said, well, yeah, you get knocked out by a horse, and then Tommy's got to let a horse run him over in the outgate. Just try to one-up you, Bronco, at the hometown rodeo. The old Rumford boys. Oh, well. Poor, poor Lola that night, though. Ah, uh, well. Jesse, I tell you what, this we're only getting the ball rolling here. We got to do this again. Like, do you remember the year when you uh, wanted to arena direct with the? Uh... You know what? Hold on. The whole thing is, I got you on here for one purpose only, and we never even got to the story. We're gonna tell the story when you arena directed with the. No, because tell so, that that was hilarious. Because no, laughed. hold on. The other day, I was telling Cody Webster about that I rode a freaking canoe out of the back of a truck going seventy mile an hour. And he said, bullshit. The whole reason I wanted you on was to tell the true story of the canoe. So we're going to finish with this story. And I want you to be very honest, very open, and tell the truth. I'm going to start talking. And if something I say is not right, I want you to bail in. Okay. Can I? We've talked about this. We've never talked no. about rump chat about the... We, we've talked no good bitches. Listen, we at the damn Girl Scout camp that talked shit on me that we, made me steal no, that we, canoe from them. We've talked about this is the problem that all of your friends have is you have bullshitted your whole life. So when you actually no, tell, no, a tell the truth, stool, what do I do? What do I do? There's people that lie, lie, and I'm not a liar, but you're a bullshitter. I'm full of shit, yeah. which is two different things. That's why people have trouble believing. Okay, so you are here. You're a respectable guy. So you you're gonna start, and then you want me to f- to fill in one. The year was 2008. Bronco Rumford had horses, like 25 horses, at the Girl Scout camp. That's true for them to ride. Yep. At the Camp Kansas Girl Scout camp, sometimes those horses would buck, buck a kid off. So Bronco would send me down to see what horse it was and ride that horse. And to make things right. I go down there, and uh, the head Girl Scout lady says, you have to wear a helmet to ride a horse. And I said, let me tell you something. I ride bucking horses for a living. I don't need to wear a helmet. I won't wear a helmet. I wear a cowboy hat, and I don't need your shit. So there was probably 30, maybe 40, uh, 14-year-old girls. I get on this horse, and this horse bucks me off backwards i land into a fiberglass bunk and knock myself (laughs) completely unconscious when i wake up all these girls are standing around me laughing their little asses off pointing to me making fun of me for being knocked out and i woke up and i was pretty pissed because they weren't cool about it you know they were like oh god you okay they're like how was that cowboy let me tell you something bitches like you know you don't even know so that day, um, when I go to leave there, 
they were some were going canoeing, and I remember because I had a head injury, but I still remember them going. Well, we I wish we had more canoes, and I'm like, you know what, you little bitches, you want to make make fun of me for getting bucked off? How about I come back here and steal one of your canoes? Because if they didn't have enough canoes earlier, I'd take a canoe. They're down. So what year was that? That was 04. Okay. So, yeah, this was 2008. Well, I've been thinking about it for a while. Yes, yes. So this, so I'm going to tell the true story. <laughs> it's true till now. Yes, it, yes, it's been true. So me, you, and Ty, we went down there because you guys had land that connected right to that. Camp. Right. And so we had to go check. That's where you kept your colts. Right. So we went down there to check on the colts. We're riding. Right by the Girl Scout camp. Yes. And so we're riding down right next to the fence line. Me and Ty, Ty's telling the story. We're talking, and just out of just out of the blue, Rump says, "You know, I've always wanted to steal a canoe," and that's all you said. That's all you said on that ride. Because I, I've been thinking about stealing a canoe for years, and we didn't know why you've been thinking about stealing a canoe because we didn't know that you got bucked off this horse. A lot of people knew. Well, I didn't. Yeah, and so you just threw it out there. I've always wanted to steal a canoe. Okay, and that was it. So that was like on a Wednesday or Thursday. The rodeo's Friday. Saturday, Sunday night, or Sunday we go to graduation parties and all that stuff. So Sunday night we're here. It's you and Ty. It's Darren Boots who was judging the rodeo. Dally Davis, Dally Jeff Davis. Rector. Uh, no, Rector wasn't with us. Chance Ramsey. Yep, so I'll get to that. So I'm there. Dally Davis, whose dad's on the rodeo committee, and Brooke Burkamp, whose dad's on the rodeo committee. Chance, Chance shows up. And he's, he came from a roping, and his horses were still on the trailer, remember? I do. And so we're sitting around. Maybe some margaritas were involved. And it's probably, what, 2.30, 3 in the morning? Yes. And Rump says, you know what? We're getting kind of bored. And Rump says, let's go steal a canoe. And we're like. I, they owed me that canoe. Yeah. And we're like, really? And you're like, yeah, let's do it. So we're like, hey, Rump wants to do it. We're going to go help him. So Ty had his truck, and it was flatbed. Like flat it was bed. a Dodge flatbed, and so all of us load up. So there's what seven of us. We go down, and so two I, rigs, yeah, two rigs, and so me and you go down and get the canoe. I think, yeah, like da 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 da. Remind you, it's two thirty three in the morning, I, but but there was Girl Scouts there. Not a lot of traffic. On back gravel roads in Abbeville, but Kansas. there was Girl Scouts there. That's why we had to be so cautious. Yes. So we get back, we throw. So this canoe is sixteen foot long. We can't put it north and south on the truck because it won't ride. So we decide to put it east and west. So there's at least four to five feet over the side of the truck on each side. Rump says, "Well, I'm going to ride in the back so it don't blow off." Yeah, so it was completely sideways. So I am, so Ty and Chance are driving Ty's truck. Rump is on the canoe. Me and Darren Boots are, yep. You were following me. Following. And and we were going at least 70. We were going pretty fast. And so Rump's on this, back in this canoe, and he you're hamming it up. And I was drunk. You're acting like you're like rowing, you know, you're goofing around. Well, all of a sudden we see Rump come flying through the air with this canoe. Like he is in the canoe. What is a tree that has we a... We hit a... No, we hit a... Uh, 
that we hit the neighbor's mailbox. Yeah, but what the, is the like the tree that sends those little leaves down at like? Uh, Whippoorwill. Yeah, something like that. You look like one of those. Like you were literally doing three sixties. How you didn't fall out of the canoe? I don't know. But I am following you, and I see this going through there. And I, my first thought was like, "Holy shit, this is really cool." My second thought is like, "Oh shit, Rump's he's gonna, gonna die." die. <laughs> my third thought is like, "Shit, brake, you're gonna run him over." And so we slammed on the brakes. Well, Ty just kept on going. Well, he didn't know I hit the mailbox. Yeah, he didn't know that you hit the mailbox. Well, I told him in, in his defense. I said, "Floor it. Don't worry about me. I'll be fine." So this was 08. We had cell phones. Why didn't we have our cell phones with us? So it was a few minutes, and then Ty came. Ty comes back, and he's mad at you. What the hell, Justin? And you were pissed. Like, well, you, I mean, have you like, ever have you ever shot out of the back of a truck going seventy in a canoe? No, no. on a dirt road in Reno County, Kansas. And you chased Ty. Like you, you literally chased him around because you were going to beat his ass. I was mad. Yeah, you had every right to be mad. And remember the whole time Chance was like, my dad's going to kill me because I have to have these horses home. And you, I remember to this day, you said, if your dad says anything, tell him that you're training them. And Chance said, training them for what? You said, for when you go to the bar after performances, they got to learn to stand in the trailer all night. Nana, would you like to elaborate on the... Uh... So we get back, and so we're sitting around talking about how awesome this was. By this time, the, the sun was coming out. It, not quite. It was pretty close. So we we decide we have to use this canoe. And Poop Creek, when yeah. the water's high is about, what, 20 inches? It's not It's not enough for a canoe. But no, but when, when the water's high, yeah, it's, about, it's, it's not a lot. So the seven of us decide that we're going to get in this canoe and try to float Poop Creek. It's we're our septic tank, yeah. It's not good. So all seven of us get in it, and obviously we bottom it out in the thirteen inches of water. So the sun's coming up. You had to get back to Ponca City. I did. You had to take your nephews back. Yeah, I had to work at the pool company. And so we decide like we have like what are we gonna do with the canoe? And we're like, should we take it back? You're like, no. So we decided to put it up in Brock and Kate's hayloft. Because there's no hay up there. And your guys' words were, nobody goes up there anyway. No, nobody did go up there prior. So. Prior. That was in 2008. So 2009, we lost Chance. He, We got the phone call at Great Bend. Right. And so the funeral was Tuesday, Abbeville. Yeah, it was Abbeville Rodeo Week. And we went up there, and the canoe was still there. Okay? So we, So nobody knows about this canoe but us. So, in 2010, me and Ty are announcing the parade. We get a list of what floats or whatever. Well, we, our list is empty, but we see there's one more float coming. And we're like, we looked at whoever was helping us. We're like, what's this? And they're like, it's a late edition. So, here's this float, and guess what's on it? I remember it was, it was the canoe, and it, it, it was says, the, from the church, and it said, thou shalt not steal. Yeah, and it was, and we were paying... We, it was also like a honor for Chance because um, Addison, Brenly's sister, was an angel, and a couple other old girls were angel. So we seen this, and we see, like we'll always remember Chance. And me and Ty start like damn near crying, and then we see the canoe. It says, "Thou shalt not steal." So then that cr- the cries of sorrow turned into cries of laughter, and thinking, "Who the hell found this freaking canoe?" So Kate 
Well, she's right here, literally. So, so, <laughs> she, so we need to buy the story. So, it was one of your nephews. It was Jace. Okay, hold on, hold on, Kate. Here. So Jace is here for the weekend, and Jace is climbing stairs and just be, doing Jace things. And so Jace climbs up the ladder into the hayloft, and he says, "Papa, Nana, there's a boat up here." And so Ty had this little red and yellow boat that was in the bathtub. So I'm thinking, that's what's up in the hayloft. And we said, Jace, what about the boat? Like, is it a little boat? And he goes, Nana, it's a big boat. So we climb up there. There's the canoe. <laughs> so, but in my defense, I, I took the canoe back in 2011. Didn't I? We gave it to the neighbor. The neighbor needed a canoe, so they borrowed it. They, they oh man, due to technical do you, difficulties. Do you, do you do you remember though when we were like when we when we were in the process of stealing it? Like we had a like we were like, what happens if we get caught? Because you have this two stock contractor sons of the rodeo. You have the rodeo announcer. It was all Ty's fault. The rodeo judge. You have you know chance, and you have. Two of the committee man's daughters. Could you imagine if we got caught the front page of the Avivale Gazette? There's, no, but here's the deal: I wasn't. I, I had nothing to do with that. If those girls at the Girl Scout camp would have been nicer to me when I've been bucked off, I would have never stole their canoe. That's true. And with that being said, we're going to draw an end to this rump <laughs> chat edition with Jesse Knutson. And you know what? If you're a, if you're a young lady out there who is considering. Being in Girl Scouts, you know, be nice to people. but And also, don't forget, Gold Buckle Beer coming at you. Ponca City Rodeo coming out the 101, the Gold Buckle Beer Zone, and and uh, Red River Arena's great, great deals. I'm going to share them on my story. Go to Instagram. Uh, go to Rump Chat. Find out uh, what you can get rope in your own backyard. Or check out J.B. Mooney, Bucktown, Texas. He has Red River Arena's, a great bunch of people from Coleman, Texas. Uh, don't forget also rodeo patch. Get your rodeo patches. We got rump chat hat patches going on right now. A great bunch of people, and uh, we, we're having fun in Abbeville. And thank you for my guest while Hamon is on a yacht in his bikini with his family cruising across the British Virgin Islands or the BVI. Good. Is it the British Virgin? Anyhow. Good leadway. Yeah. From the canoe to the yacht. Yeah. So uh, we'll be back with more rump chat. Be sure to check out the Bronco Rumford edition. Well, Uncle Tommy, you're not here this year, but uh, this one's for you, old buddy. We'll see you at the next rodeo. Trucking, got my chips cashed in. Keep trucking, like the doodah man together. Less in line, just keep chugging on, on, on. Arrows of me and I'm flashing my keys out on Main Street.